Hello and welcome to the Leadership Vision Podcast, where we share our expertise in the discovery, practice, and implementation of StrengthsFinder. For more resources about developing your strengths, the strengths of your team, or the strengths of your organization, visit us on the web at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. A strengths-based approach is integral to understanding the values that define generations. It helps to tell people's stories. It helps to draw similarities in motivation between generations. And it helps to prepare for the next wave because Gen Z is coming. My name is Nathan Freeberg, and that was Logan Joyce you just heard from. Logan is one of our consultants, does business development work for us, is a new dad, and also in graduate school. On today's show, he and I talk about the importance of values as it relates to strengths and how understanding the intersection of the two is critical when it comes to operating more effectively as a group, especially when you have multiple generations working together. So keep listening. To set this conversation up for you, I asked Logan to compare and contrast two recent client engagements he was involved with. Now, these engagements were totally different in terms of who the client was, but the findings as it relates to values and strengths was more or less the same. One was a group of college student leaders at a large public university. The other, a team of healthcare executives well-established in their careers. The college students were ages 19 to 22, and the executives were in their late 40s and 50s. The students were part of a values-based leadership program, eager to jump into the workforce. While the executive group had already gone through our core process and was now doing a team engagement session on conflict and communication. Logan and I talked about some of the differences and similarities between these two groups as it relates to strengths and values. Today's conversation is important because when we talk about the things we value, we get at the motivations that lead people to do what they do. When paired with the language of strengths, we can cut through a lot of the superficial stuff, regardless of any generational gaps or misunderstandings, and begin working in a much more productive environment. The workplace is the most diverse it's ever been regarding different generations working together. If we don't take time to understand one another now, we may spend more time working against one another than actually working towards fulfilling the mission of our organizations. So we're going to pick up the conversation with Logan describing why talking about values is such a great place to start. So when we get to approach values, really, what are your motivators to work, life, family, recreation? This strengths language allows us to go a lot deeper normally than just the circumstantial divides. Absolutely. And so we're finding that when we peel it back and talk about from a relationally driven talent level strengths approach, we really find a lot of similarity and a lot of uh, a lot of ability to connect and move forward together, regardless of age, demographic, mm. socioeconomic place even. Uh, we're finding that these values are a lot more common the deeper we go into the strengths conversation. I love that because it, it gets everybody on the same page and an equal footing in order to move forward with this work. Because everyone's ultimate goal is to advance the mission of their organization exactly. i mean and that yeah. can be a million different things but so let's let's talk a little bit about some of the differences between these these two groups like what what stood out to you what was maybe an aha moment what do you think are some of the biggest takeaways that all of us can can glean from from these experiences yeah so uh especially speaking let's we'll talk to gen x versus millennial is that right sure. now is 
kind of the point of contention yeah. <laughs> in the workplace. The first thing that I, I've heard in each of the groups that I've done this uh, values-based strengths leadership with on the millennial side, the first thing I heard from anybody in that group, and I've heard it resoundingly and studies confirm it, uh, there's this idea that work-life integration hmm. is really the key. And not, so that's not stuff, balance. Not balance. Very, integration. Very, very distinctly yes. and so stuff you and i have talked about mm -hmm. uh the idea that i do not want to set working hours i'm not an eight to five i do not want to be stuck in a building i want to work when i want to work exactly yeah. and yeah. and there's a lot we can say about that and we work with uh, teams and helping define those values and structures yeah. as an organization but it's even greater it's looking at the generations before millennials are saying it's not enough that I simply go to work and then mm. I can shut off and go home. I want my work to matter. Yep. I want my work to fuel my personal life. I want my work to fuel my pursuits and ethics and morality, the way I'm, I consume even. And so this is a, a generation. There's some idealism there as they're all still young perhaps. Right. But how do we live lives that are fully integrated? And then you look at the Gen Xer side and instead of work-life integration – they were really a generation who championed the work-life balance model. Right. You work, and then you play. Exactly. And I, and I want to be good at my work, Never and the, I want it to be a the two combined. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, and so those points of contention, there's a lot of, on the Gen X side, a lot of those managing mm. teams of millennials saying, yeah. I don't believe in that. You have to get work done, <laughs> and work isn't always fun, and work isn't always fulfilling. Right. And on the millennial side, they say, well... Why not? That's why I'm not working for you, right, so I'm exactly. going to go do my own thing. Right. And, and so there's a disparity there mm -hmm. uh, that we found. Um, so that's a big piece, work-life integration, work-life balance. How do we understand what's motivating those things generationally, mm. and how do we bring it back to a place that's approachable and we can move forward together? Yeah, big question that we hear asked a lot. How did you see that? Was, was that evident when you worked with them? Because you said there it were is. a couple millennials sprinkled in. Did it... Did it look like something very specific? It does. It's really interesting. A piece that um, we do and, and some other engagements I've been a part of, we always draw a picture after a one-to-one -one conversation with members uh, of teams. Yes. Yep. Uh, and that picture part represents... Of part of the learning community experience. Yes, yeah. exactly. That picture uh, represents really the strengths and the values of those strengths, the story of the individual mm. uh, that it represents. And in many, many of those conversations, I find myself drawing them with their family on their boat. So I've mm. called it kind of an 80-20 rule revisited. Yeah. A lot of Gen Xers say, I want work to be fulfilling and I want it to matter. But really, 80% of my personal value is derived from what I do outside of work. And I want to mm. do a job where I'm driven, I feel fulfilled somewhat. I need right. about 20% of my esteem okay. driven by my work. Millennials instead are like 100%. <laughs> I need everything to matter, everything every piece matter. of it. Yeah. Uh, and so it's a really, really distinct contrast, but we'll talk about it in a little bit yeah. how easy it is. Because really, you hear people saying the same thing. I want what I do to matter. Yes. It looks different. Circumstances are different. But if you pull it back and stop just living in that world where you say, well, millennial, you're pie in the sky and you're never going to get there. So right. you don't fit here. Stop trying. Yeah. To do that. And millennials yeah. stop saying, well, old person, you don't get it. And I don't want to sit. grandpa. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. Uh, if you get past those very, very basic, mm. like circumstantial things. Sure. We get to something deeper and that's where the strengths approach comes in. So the second thing that you had, we had talked about or you, 
here is the idea of self-confidence versus self-reliance. Yes. What does that mean? Because that sounds the same to me. Sure, sure, sure. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm it, too old to understand the difference. <laughs> that's good. Let the millennial educate you Tell on me. the nuance Tell and me. the snowflakeness exactly. of my generation. Exactly. Um, and this is another thing that when you look at broad strokes circumstantially, mm-hmm. uh, for the majority of the Gen X population, they were the first generation whose mom to work hmm. full time. Uh, and so that had direct wow, parallels. Yeah, that's true. So you see, you saw how that impacted education and recreation. You mm-hmm. saw the, how that uh, they were very entrepreneurial and a very almost cynical group heading right. into the workplace. A lot of that had to do with this idea that they were the most self-reliant generation to date. Sure. Then you came into the millennials with boomer parents who kind of saw the pendulum swing Hmm. that did some negative or caused that course adjustment for Gen Xers. The boomer parents swung back the other way. And so this is a generation whose parents worked their hardest they came up in an economy that allowed them to. They came up in workplaces that allowed them to. They came up with the technology that allowed them to really platform their kids to be the most confident generation to believe they can in do themselves anything. wholly. Yeah. And so that idea of self-reliance or some would say self-preservation, mm-hmm. I need to go make it happen because no one else is going to, versus self-confidence, I've grown up my whole life with people making I sure I know that I'm good at yeah. what I'm good at and I'm going to live into that. You know, it's so interesting thinking into like our children, right? What are we going to, where are we going to swing? Because I, I yeah. think that's, you know, you look back through time and there's always this swing is, of, yeah. of parents. Like my parents weren't too, um, or, or people saying, you know, my parents weren't present, so I'm going to be present. Or my my parents were too overbearing, so I'm going to back way off yep. or, or whatever it is. Um, I don't have any answers. I'm just yeah. curious yeah, like, I, how, 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 how we will parent our kids. Absolutely. Um, with those ideas in mind. Yeah, I, I would subscribe to kind of how Strauss sociological structure and mm. so uh, four-generation cycle, in which case oh. we would be bringing up an artist generation out yeah. of a hero generation in my case. All right, Logan, so we've talked a lot about some of these differences between generations, the differences that you've just experienced in these, these two uh, consulting gigs here, which aren't bad. There yeah. is not like these are negative things. They're just what we want to be aware of. So what are the similarities and why is all of this important? Yeah. Great question. I I think um, maybe I'll try to condense it into a threefold logic to a strengths based. This is ideation. Let's try to point one, two and three. Exactly. Funnel down ideation here. That's good. Um, So first of all, I'd say the more we talk about generational differences often on a sociological level, Hmm the greater the divide seems Hmm. between generations. And so uh, the example that I use over and over again, the Simon Sinek talk about millennials went super viral about six months ago. And and it went from Simon Sinek essentially saying, hey, generations, there's not that much of a difference Uh. in this little seven-minute soundbite. We just need to learn to understand ourselves to someone put a little bar on top in the bottom of the video and started sharing it on Facebook that said, this is what's wrong with this generation. And the sociologist is saying, no, they're not. Let's understand. And so there's such a propensity to focus on the differences and feel like there's no way to close the gap. So the more we talk about it, almost the more negative it does. Mm-hmm. When you take a strengths-based approach, it does the exact opposite. We do talk about the differences. They come out. But instead of dividing, we start to understand 
that really you and I, we might have grown up with different parenting techniques, with right. different technology at our fingertips, with different education, with mm-hmm. different first steps into the workplace. But we have the same stri- – your ideation yeah. on an instinctual level fires right. a lot like my ideation. My – Brian, my boss with his strong competition <laughs> – Looks a lot like my competition. Yeah, competition. yeah well, when I think just the point to make there too is, you know, Brian and I in previous episode talked a lot about like getting back to the talents. Yeah. And so recognizing that at that high level there's similarities, but then it's in those talents, in some of those behaviors that some of that nuances, exactly. those nuances come out. Yeah. But coming back to that idea that there is still common ground similarity here. Exactly. And so at that point, you can start to look at the circumstances and say, Hmm. it might be a different environment. It might be a different strategy. The psychology that uh, was influencing your parents might have been very different. But at a very deep level, at really our most human level, there is a lot more alike between us than there is different. And so that gives us a foundation to move forward between generations absolutely really meaningfully did you see any of that in i guess the the first group there wasn't much intergenerational correct in the second group did you see any of those like oh yeah that's you know the the 50 year old guy and the 24 year old you do yeah woman or whatever Yeah. yeah and and you know a lot of the work that we do at times people bring us in because there's a lot of contention in their teams mm. and so this intergenerational stuff is played up even bigger and it is unbelievable when you get back to that talent level, people hmm. understand the, stand each other. And, you know, we also, often talk about yeah. the people who grind your gears most are the people you're most like. And these individuals are like, I haven't, I don't like you. I didn't get along hmm. with you because you were thinking the same things as me, but expressing yes, them uniquely. For sure. And so the breakthroughs are immense. Right. Way more often than not when mm-hmm. we do this strengths work, Absolutely. getting back to that level. Absolutely. The second thing here. Um, you talk about or some of the, you know, why is this important? Like where the positive is just preparing for the next generation. Are you talking about the millennial generation? Because they're here, they're in the workforce. Mm -hmm. What's the what's the the bottom age of the millennials? Like who who are the how old are the youngest millennials according to It depends what numbers you look like and really most generational theory it depends more on what the catalyst is that defines those. Right. So what I like to focus on is where Where's the cutoff where these individuals really grew up completely immersed in technology? Okay. And so you see different numbers. Some will say even back to the mid-90s. I The numbers hmm. that I'd rely on are like 2000, 2001 birthdays are really the cutoff. Oh, Something okay. in there. Ni- 1999. 19- so those individuals who by the, the time. Turn of the millennium. Would exactly. Make sense. Okay. Yeah. And those are individuals who had the cognitive development stages. There was technology. The okay. internet was there. Yep. iPads were there. And so that's where I define the cutoff, but you'll see different places. Perfect. So then, so in part, we're talking about that generation. Yeah. And you talk about preparation, but also this generation Z, which are our kids, Uh right? So that, so, so talk about that a little bit. How do you prepare for the next generation with strengths, I guess? Totally. Well, what I just keep telling people is a lot of it right now, millennials are moving into director roles, right? Right. And, And so, and they're shaping the culture of your organization. In the yeah. next five years, the vast majority of the directors mm-hmm. in your organization at a, you know, at a three, four tier level are going to be millennials right. in, if your workplace is keeping up. <laughs> and so you've got to be prepared for that. But so then if you, depending on the numbers you look at, we're saying freshman, sophomore, junior in college mm-hmm. is that cutoff to Generation Z. 
and there is a stark contrast. Like, in like the students values. who are in those in college in, college yeah. in 2017 is the the oldest ones. Right exactly. Now. Okay. Yeah. So we are. See- you're about to see a very distinct change as technology has been such a big part mm-hmm. as motivators have been different as parenting kind of pendulum swing again from all we're not just going to give them trophies every time all that right. stuff there's a very unique generation that yeah. is about to step through your doors and so if you're still trying to play catch up with the millennial generation who are going to be a, the majority trouble. of your workforce in five yeah. years it's going to be really tough to then adapt to Two generations removed from yourself or three generations removed from yourself. So it really is when you start to talk about this strength stuff, you remove so much of the fluff and you can focus in on the individuals and understand who they are. If I hear what you're saying, you remove some of, you know, we joked about the beanbags and the the ping pong. You remove some of, as you said, fluff from the conversation instead of focusing on, well, how do I get them engaged? Do we need to bring in foosball instead of ping pong? And instead you get back, getting back to the values you get back to those values and motivations and what's really driving people, yeah. then in some ways that's not a generational thing, right? Totally. That's, that's an intergenerational thing. So. Yeah. I mean, we, talked, we even talked about work-life integration. Yep. I think initially when all those Silicon Valley startups were doing the, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not wearing a sweatshirt to work, Hoodie, you're, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and if you don't have a ping pong table, th- those things spoke to that generation that this is not just where you come and punch a time clock. Right. So it was a very external or a very kind of vapid mm-hmm. approach. Let's talk about what is motivating you and your strength set mm-hmm. that makes that so important to you. So kind of wrapping this up, you know, we talk about stories a lot. Yeah. We talk about sharing narratives. We talk about contextualizing um, kind of people's experience. We even have this you know, a great thing that strengths are shaped uh, by the forces of context, relationship, and life experience. So what do stories have to do that? Why is it important to tell people stories in this? How does, how does that sort of bring this all together and make this something tangible, takeaway that we yep. can apply moving forward, not only tomorrow, but, you know, the next generation? Yeah. Um, we believe stories everything, and yeah. I think uh, that's why we see so much success in this kind of work. Um, I I think my boss, who is a very similar strength set to me, actually, mm-hmm. uh, he grew up in a different generation with different parents. There, at you know arm's length, there could be a great uh, disparity between the experiences, hmm. the life that we've led, even the way that our, as a marathoner versus a basketball football player, right. our competition. So there, are, there are a lot of things that when I actually hear your story, even leaving strengths mm-hmm. out of it, it gives me so much greater appreciation for who you are. But to the next level, when I hear your strengths through your story, when I hear about how your parents value shaped the way that your intellection looks, absolutely, um, the way that you know your relator was shaped because of the friend you had in high school who Mm -hmm. made all the difference in the world it breaks down barriers Mm -hmm. in a really meaningful way absolutely and even if there's a lack of understanding of that strengths level or that values level for me to hear your story makes you human Mm -hmm. when i'm frustrated when i don't understand how to communicate to you i remember who you are how you were brought up what you're looking for in life and so we always bring it back to story this strengths language gives an opportunity to tell your story and in that we see so many of these intergenerational Mm -hmm. walls just torn down because i understand who you are they crumble under 
under the power story. If you want to engage these upcoming generations, the thing they value more than anything from the workplace is employee first, really feeling like I am valued as a person and I'm invested into you. So uh, shameless yeah. plug for us because I think we do the best job in the world totally. with it. But regardless of how you do it, invest in the individuals around your table and you will have an exponential reward for doing so. If you'd like to learn more about working with millennials, check out the episode I did when I talked with Steph Walland, one of our other team members, about the three things you need to know to understand the millennial generation. Thanks for listening to the Leadership Vision Podcast, where we share our expertise in the discovery, practice, and implementation of StrengthsFinder. Subscribe to the Leadership Vision Podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Thanks again to Logan Joyce for sharing his insight and wisdom about strengths and values and how to apply them to an intergenerational setting. Logan is a new dad, as I said, and at the time of that recording, his daughter was just a few months old. For being quite sleep-deprived, he was extremely well-spoken, as always. Thanks, Logan. I look forward to working more with you in the coming year. For more resources about developing your strengths, the strengths of your team, or the strengths of your organization, visit us on the web at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. I'm Nathan Freeberg. Thanks for listening.